Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth. Welcome back to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. LJ, that's two weeks of WBBL 07 done and dusted. Not sure how it goes so quickly, but on this week's episode, we're joined, of course, by regular guest Kristen Beams, who joins us to review everything from the 200s we saw, Darcy Brown's hat trick, and of course, the big questions swirling around the sixes after they suffered back-to-back losses. And we were also joined by the sister act of the Brisbane Heat, Grace Harris and Laura Kaminsk. So anyone who's followed the comp for a couple of years now would know that was always going to be an entertaining chat. But LJ, before we get stuck in, I want to know what your highlight of the last few games we've seen has been. I think my highlight of the last week was seeing how the Stars bounced back after losing really heavily to the Hurricanes on Tuesday, really short turnaround, and then were able to come back and beat the Sixers the next day, which just seeing the joy on their young bowling attack spaces at, at pulling off that win, um, that was really cool to see. And I think my highlight of the week, I this is kind of off the cricket field, so a bit left field, but I'm just loving what the Indian crew are bringing to the tournament so far. Like on one hand, they're so competitive and they bring such a, an extra element of competitiveness to the competition. You know, we saw Harman Kaur, of course, doing the damage with the bat and ball. But then, then we see Radha Yadav... <laughs> trying to pretend run out Harman Freed and giving her a big hug. Jamima Rodriguez on the mic being her fun, bubbly self. And also Jamima and Rada photobombing Harman Freed's player of the match photo, which was just a really nice thing to see. And I think, yeah, it's great to see them loving their time over in Australia. And yeah, hopefully it continues. Yeah, I think um, the Thunder Renegades one should be fun to watch on Wednesday with uh, Shmidi Mandana coming up against her great mate, Jimmy Rodriguez. Oh, yes. And before we get stuck in with Beamsy, just one last call to remember it's not too late to get involved in BKT Big Bash tipping. You can still win a couple of weekly prizes or there's nothing wrong with just playing with your friends. Uh, as we've said, it's very easy to join. So all you need to do is head to tipping.cricket.com.au and sign in with your cricket ID to get playing. Welcome back to the Scoop podcast. Kristen Beams, former Australia leg spinner. Beamsy, second weekend of WBBL all wrapped up. Thankfully, the Tassie weather came good in the end. Did you have a favourite moment from the last couple of matches that we've seen? Oh, yeah. What a big weekend it was. And as a Launceston local, I'm very happy that there was some cricket played here, um, even though it's been very, very cold. But it's been a, it was a really good weekend. Um, so many really nice moments. But I, I think you cannot go past the Sophie Devine 100. I keep speaking about Sophie Devine as the one player I always 
never wanted to bowl to. Um, and I think that 100 really just um, was really important for the Scorchers, but I think it was also really important for the fans. So to think that we've seen two big hundreds and we're only two weeks in, that just makes me really excited for what we're going to see. Yeah, speaking of that first 100 with Rachel Price last week, were you there? Did you see that in person? Because it was pretty good on the TV, let alone... Uh... <laughs> seen in person at the ground I, I wasn't there and it's one of those moments where you know you're like you're kicking yourself that you, you, you could have been there that day that Rachel Priest made that hundred but I just think the sound off the the tv of the crack of the bat was just something that I've I've never heard it like that it made me think I really want to have a look at her bat because there must be something in that 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 looks like a really good stick um but that's just a player who's in the zone and I really enjoyed how she spoke about it after to kind of to really kind of Normally we throw out some cliches, right? So people are like, oh, you know, like everyone played well and, you know, whatever else. And I love that Rachel Priest was just like, I was just seeing the ball really well and it felt like I could hit it anywhere. And it was like, that's actually perfect. That's that's how you want to describe it because I'm sure it felt like she was seeing them like beach balls and she actually talked about that. So I think it was a really important hundred. They spoke about uh, Rachel Priest that when she makes 50 that the Hurricanes win about 86% of the time. Well, she just made her maiden hundred. So when she makes a hundred, they win a hundred percent of the time. So let's... Let's hope she can make some more hundreds because the, the Hurricanes are definitely going to win those matches. Certainly good signs. And how important do you reckon that'll be for Rachel Priest's confidence as a captain as, as well as for the Hurricanes as a team moving forward? I think every player, um, when you're captaining, I think you always feel like you've got that little bit of pressure, whether it be from a batting, bowling, captaincy point of view. And I think if you can, you can either make runs or take wickets, depending on what your discipline is, it really just sets you up and, and you feel like you can kind of settle the dressing room a little bit and I think that's what opening batters do so well and when teams get off to really nice starts I think Elise Villani does the same thing for the stars when she gets off to a nice start you can sort of if you flick to the bench you can nearly see everyone just relax a little bit more because they, they know they can get into their work but I think for Rachel Priest it'll give her a lot of confidence it'll allow her to just concentrate on captaining now you, you know you're in really nice touch and I think that's really important. And you spoke about Sophie Devine and that century on Sunday how important was that for the Scorchers as well as Alana King picking up four wickets and getting things going with the ball? Yeah, it's a great combination, isn't it? I think as a as a leg spinner, you want to be on a team uh, with somebody like Sophie Devine because you know that you're going to have those big totals. You also know you don't have to bowl to Sophie Devine. So there's, there's a bit of a win-win there from a leg spin point of view. And when you're posting a big total like that, and Alana King actually just gets to go about her business. She can toss the ball up, give it lots of air. And if she gets whacked, so be it. You know, it's still going to be a hard chase. So I think that's a really nice combination. Sophie Devine is capable of making multiple hundreds in this tournament. And you look at the Scorchers on paper, they're excellent. So I think that was a really important game for the Scorchers to really kind of say, this is the blueprint of what's possible for us as a team. And I think other teams now are going to be looking at the Scorchers and going, oh, wow. Okay. So if we don't get Devine or Mooney early, they post, post big totals, then we're going to have to contend with some really good leg spin as well. So it's it's going to be a tough thing for, for teams coming up against them if Devine, Mooney, and then Alana King are playing well. Mm. Yeah. I guess looking at their previous, the Scorchers' previous encounter with the Heat where Mooney and Devine, they did, both didn't come off and then they lost pretty convincingly. I guess it just reiterates how important that opening partnership is for them and we all knew it anyway but it sort of just really hammered that home yeah I think so and it's it's kind of asked some questions of the middle order as well so it's it's sort of saying well when they when they get off to a flyer and the opening combo is going well well you know 180 plus is definitely on the table and the question now is well if they don't come off then what's that middle total what what can they defend from a bowling point of view and it obviously depends on the conditions a little bit but it's sort of having that two those two totals, I think, which is really important. And I think most teams are in that boat. I think the Sixers are in the same boat. If Verma and Healy get going, well, if they don't, well, then what's possible? So 
I think a lot of teams are going to work that out over the next week or so and find out sort of what their benchmark is from a runs point of view. And it's all about what you think you can defend from a bowling perspective. And speaking of bowling, we saw another hat trick yesterday with Darcy Brown. She just seems so happy-go-lucky, content to be herself, jumping around in the snow on top of Mount Wellington. Have you been? Have you seen her form coming off the international series into the WBBL? Yeah, I think she was she was better for the run in the international series, and and that's what you hope. You hope that you know having that experience from that point of view, learning it even just from a training point of view, bowling to the the caliber of batters that are in that Australian team is it's going to make you better. And I think we've seen her take that form into the WBBL, and she's such a likable character. And I, I did hear somebody say, oh, you know, they're not really the kind of wickets that you would, would want to get a hat trick on. And, you know, they weren't sort of top of off. And I thought, actually, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Who cares? Ridiculous. It, doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if they're full tosses. It doesn't matter if they're half track. It does not matter. I think when you get a hundred, when you get a hat trick, I think it's a really important um, thing for your team. But you're never going to look back and go, oh, I wish I'd have hit the top of off stuff. I think it had to be very, very interesting. So she joins an elite group of players that have that have taken hat-tricks in the WBBL, and I think she deserves to to be amongst them. And, you know, she's going to be really important for them. And how exciting when Megan Shute comes back into to that Ooh. team, I think the combination of those two, the, stri- the striker is going to be really hard to come up against. 100%. And in that game, the strikers versus the Heat, we we almost saw two hat-tricks in, one, in the one game with Jess Donison on a hat trick, but she didn't give herself another over. What did you think of that, Beamsy? Would you have done that as a skipper? Uh, I definitely would have done that as a skipper. If I was Jess Jonathan's skipper, though, I definitely would have bowled her. Um, and and I think that's it's always hard as a bowling captain because you're sort of like, well, what should I do? I'm not surprised that she didn't bowl that that over because I think she's probably always going to take that that sort of selfless position. But you know, Jess Jonathan has been so, so good. And you better remember, she's coming off the back of injury. She hasn't played a lot of cricket. It does not look like that any which way you look at it. It looks like she's played that whole international series coming into it. Um, and she's still important from the, for the heat from a batting and bowling point of view. So I love seeing JJ at her at best. I would have liked to have seen another hat trick though. And now to touch on the Sydney Sixers, they got off to a really good start, but then stumbled in their last two matches against the two Melbourne teams. Do you think, where do you think is um, things aren't quite clicking for them at the moment? Yeah, I think it, I think they've got a style of play where they're trying to go after teams in the power play and that's always that risk and reward. So I think, I think it's probably a plan they're going to stick with. I don't think we're going to see them change the way they go about it. There's been lots of talk about, you know, if they lose a wicket early, would you send Perry in or do you leave Gardner where she is? I think you leave your opening combination. I think you, you keep that the whole way through and you keep saying, you know, we we're going to keep backing you to try and break the game open in the power play because when we see what Sophie Devine did for the Scorchers, we know that the Sixers can do that and some probably given their batting lineup. So I think it's about keeping that opening combination. I think they can still be flexible in the middle um, in what they're trying to do. I think they're really missing Erin Burns. I, I think mm. the, I think if you'd have added her into that team, I think she can play a role in the middle um, and maybe also get get it going again for them at the back end because we know that Elise Perry can play that sort of longer role in the middle and she can keep things moving and accelerate at the back end. But I think if she can keep it moving and they had, say, an Aaron Burns who could just break it open again, I think that would be really important from a from a Sixers point of view. So I think they're missing Burnsy from, from that point of view, but I, I still think, look, it's just a matter of time. I think no yeah. team, every team's probably looking at it going, wow, I'm really surprised that, you know, the Sixers lost that game and then probably thinking, oh no, we've got to play them in the future because I think that's what happens when you've got the talent they've got. It is going to click at some point and some bowlers are going to be shaking their heads going, I wish we'd have been playing them a little bit earlier, you know, when other teams have had the wood over them. So you don't reckon they should be worried at this point? 
No, I don't think so. Uh, I think there's always, there's always seems to be a lot of talk and, and that's what happens when you've got a really quality list. I think everyone sort of, you've only got to deviate slightly and everyone's going, oh, well, you know, what about the sixes? What does this mean? What does this mean? You go, oh, hang on a second. They've got Elisa Healy and Shafali Verma opening the batting and then Ash Gardner comes in and then Elise Perry comes in. So it, it's sort of like, well, is that worth worrying about? Probably not. I, you know, you'd still want to be a part of that team. Um, and I think everyone's expecting that they're going to be in the finals. And, and I certainly think they will be. And um, looking at the Stars, who did beat the Sixers during the week, a lot of the talk has been around their pretty inexperienced bowling lineup um, without Aaron Osborne in the side. But the bowlers were the ones who got the job done against the Stars, uh, the Sixers, kind of suffocating them. What do you make of that performance of the ball? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I think we've seen a player like Tess Flintoff, you know, sort of come into the side as a young player. And she was essentially a fielder for, you know, the first few times that, that she was playing and definitely her first season bowling a couple of overs in the middle. And then we see the development and that's what happens when you you give some time to your young players is all of a sudden she can come in and play a role in the middle. And then you see her and she's bowling in the power play for the stars and it's off the back of really good experience. So some people are probably looking and going, wow, you know, she's really inexperienced, but she's nearly done her time within that side um, and played the role that she needs to play. And I think she's been very, very good for them. Um, Ability to swing the ball in the power play, really important. Um, But I think Meg moved those bowlers around really nicely. Um, And I think the, the, I think, Annabelle Sutherland was very good. She can swing the ball. That's really important. And Kim Garth is, has got so much experience, but again, they're not those big names that people are talking about, but what I think they are is a team that can just get the job done. Um, and it's going to be a lot about how Meg moves them around. Lindsay Smith's got good at experience as well. And Sophie Day gets better and better. So I think it's just going to be about trying to get the matchups right from a star's point of view. And if you can do that, then I think it doesn't matter if you're, your team's full of players that have played 50 plus games or, or whether they played 10 games. I don't think it'll matter too much. Yeah. Beamsy, you mentioned Meg and what the work she's been doing in the field and marshalling her bowlers around. There was one tweet in particular from Rick Finlay, who I think was at the ground, just referencing yeah, Meg's um, expertise and getting her bowlers right. And the field is in line. How, like, how do you see Meg, Meg as a skipper and how good is she at, at this, in this area? Yeah, she's, she's a great captain. I, I really enjoyed playing for her I think she's one of those players that gives you really nice confidence as a bowler and I think those captains that are willing to really own things for you I always remember as a spinner you'd always want to have the straights back and maybe be the player that goes oh, I'm happy to have them up and I'll wear it if it goes over because this is I think this is how we can get them out and I think when you're happy to take that responsibility as a captain as a bowler you kind of go okay I'm not in this alone I'm, I'm yeah. not gonna it's not all on me to to make that happen she's gonna wear it if if they go over and I think she's tactically so, so good the way that she moves them around um, and she's going to have to do that. So I, I think she was, she's a great T20 captain. And one of the things that she was probably one of the first captains in the very, very early stages of WBBL who, who loved one over spells and she doesn't stick to things really rigid. I think we see mm-hmm. some teams kind of bowlers know which overs in the power play they're going to bowl. Meg's not like that at all. So Meg's far more like, let's just see how the first over goes and then we'll, we'll chop and change. And, you know, you'd expect nothing less from the Australian captain, wouldn't you, that she's got so much great experience, but she really goes on what her gut is. She's happy to flip the bowlers around. And I think as a bowler, if you're happy to to bowl whatever overs get offered and short spells, long spells, whatever it is, I think you really enjoy playing under Meg Lanning. And, and I definitely did for, for that reason. I think she's very good at empowering bowlers and we'll see the stars probably play well off the, the back of a lot of really good captaincy from Meg. Speaking of creative thinking in the power play, we saw the Renegades opt for six overs of spin yesterday, something that's only happened once before in the tournament's history. Um, 
What what did you make of that and why do you think it was so effective? Yeah, great matchups. And and that's the thing about it these days, for probably from WBBL1, where there was probably very limited vision, especially on overseas players, is that you know, you kind of went with what was the right plan for your team as opposed to what is the right plan for the opposition that we're playing against. And there's so much vision now. There's so much, we're seeing a lot of international players coming in and probably giving um, their team really good information on what are the best matchups. And and I think that was probably a good example of what we saw yesterday, plus probably assessing the conditions that spin and taking the pace off the ball was going to be really important. So I think we'll actually see that more and more. Um, I think there's been some good examples so far and yesterday was was probably one of the best. I think also the Molly Strano bowling the, the first over um, against the Stars and, and getting that match up with Elise Villani is that I think we'll just keep seeing that. And I think as a player, you have to look at it now and go, okay, I can assume that they've done their homework and this is probably going to be a matchup and then how how they work through that's going to be really important. But I love to see that many overs of spin in the power play um, and especially the matchups. I think Harman Precor, I think to, to bring her on, I, I, they probably hadn't even looked at her as a power play bowling option for the Renegades. But if the matchup's right, you get the player in and they'll get the job done. Um, and she looks like she's providing some really good experience and guidance to a, to a young Sophie Molyneux um, in her captaincy for the, the first time. So that seems like it's a really nice little combination between the two of them. And while we're on the topic of spinners and the Renegades, it was obviously so devastating to see Georgia Wareham go down uh, the other day, confirmed ACL rupture. So that's an extended stint on the sidelines, which I guess means the door's been slightly open for a leg spinner to maybe have an opportunity for an Aussie call-up. Seen Wello performing very well with the ball as well as Alana King, of course. Is there anyone you'd like to see maybe get a call up into that Aussie squad, Beamsy? Yeah, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's horrible to to see those kinds of injuries. I think especially a player that's really starting to hit their straps and she's such an important person to the eleven. So, um, yeah, thoughts go with to Georgia Wareham. But I think the, the good thing for a Georgia Wareham is that I think when she gets over this injury, I think she'll come straight back into that team. I think she has proven that she's very, very important. And, uh, and I think that's, I think that's a very nice thing as a player at an awful time um, for that particular player. But I think, yeah, I think the door is open. I think definitely people are going to be talking about an Alana King and a, and Amanda Jade Wellington. I think to also throw it in the mix, we haven't seen Maisie Gibson yet in, in this tournament, but I think there's another leg spinner to, to hopefully come in and, and put pressure on getting into that Australian team up. I think it would be interesting whether they want to do a straight swap from an Australian point of view. I think we'll see a leg spinner added, but they've also got some options within that Australian setup. You know, the the two left arm orthodox, we see Jonathan and Molyneux play in the same team. Can they bowl differently? Then you've got Ash Gardner. You've also mm-hmm. got a Molly Strana who's been in and around. So it's whether they choose to go with a leg spinning option or just options that go away from the bat and, and try and do that a little bit differently. But the reality is that it's, it is a dent to that Australian team because I think Georgia Wareham is so important to them. So they're going to have to probably rework and, and have a different plan on, on how they attack the next 12 months without a Very interesting to think about and we'll see a lot of that unfold over the next couple of weeks of WBBL. Beamsy, thank you as always for joining us on The Scoop. It all ramps up again on Tuesday, so can't wait to watch and then we'll debrief again afterwards. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Let's hope it warms up here in Launceston. And welcome to The Scoop, the sister act of the Brisbane Heat, Grace Harris and Laura Kamins. Thank you for joining us today, ladies. We're very excited to have you on the show. Firstly, how have you enjoyed your time down in Tassie so far? It looks pretty chilly down there, a bit of an adjustment coming down from Queensland. It was. I think Hobart was definitely a huge adjustment coming from 25-plus degree days to um, a chilly, I think it was eight degrees, felt like five game days, so... 
we're a little bit fresh and um, probably packed. Well, I packed enough for six months, not six weeks. <laughs> um, we both did. We both did. Just for <laughs> layers of clothing. Um, but, yeah, it's been good fun so far. Yeah, we've loved it. And so, you guys, the Brisbane Heat, they got their first win on the board after a pretty tough super over loss. You showed some real fight in that first match and then came back very convincingly against the Scorchers in the second. How's the group feeling? How are the vibes? Everyone pretty happy with the start of the tournament so far? Yeah, everyone's um, loving it. I think the first game we probably um, just had a little chat afterwards, uh, um, just a couple of things. Uh, we didn't execute the best on um, and probably was a game we should have won and then we should have lost and then we did lose. So, <laughs> you know, one of those things. But I guess it's always fun to start the tournament with a super over. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, second game um, was just more about execution and, you know, this one and Red has started us off well every game with the bat, so it's just keeping on going. Yeah, it seems like the Heat always have good vibes and a really good culture. Is that something that's been fostered in the squad or is it all because you spend so much time together mostly already playing for Queensland and that too? Uh, I think probably a bit of both. I think the Heat, like we do, we're a group that sort of just tries to make it as fun as possible. Um, or I guess we've always, like especially from the hub and that last year, it was just about um, that good old word of adapting to whatever was thrown at us because. I think at the end of the day, whoever does that in situations like this, you know, comes out pretty successful compared to other groups. So um, we do, we just try and have a bit of fun and roll with um, what we're doing um, after next weekend. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's just have a good time while you can and enjoy I think um, everyone, where we are. I think everyone plays better when they're having fun anyway. So if yeah. fun can start it and then it, becomes serious and you're executing your skills if you don't lose track of that then uh you're good you're really good but like you're set sometimes if you get a little bit lackadaisical, a little bit go through the motions or you know be bit relaxed and it doesn't uh, always work out as planned there's just a cutoff on one night. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always a cutoff. One drink, not ten. <laughs> That's the spirit. And so talk to us about JJ. This is obviously just on us in the second year of captain. How important is she to that culture and, and what's she brought to the group as a leader? I, I think she's huge um, in driving our culture. I think I know um, from her chatting to the group and that she was pretty nervous coming back that first game against Perth as well because it's been a while since she played any cricket um, just with the injuries and getting through all her rehab stuff but to have her back's a massive win for us um, and she just it, it's a very different style of captaining from um, what Shorty was over the years that I think again it's just as a group getting used to that and um, you know just get along with the ride and see how we go. Yeah, pretty much. I think she just adds valuable experience. Um, I think she knows what she wants her bowlers to do and then it's just simply about her messaging across for them and then how they want to set up. And she gives you the freedom to set up your own over too. So she does back you yourself as an individual bowler and to know what ball you're bowling and is your best ball and um, what plans you have to a set batter or to a certain batter that comes out to the crease. So, um, yeah, she doesn't really shy away from the contest either, which is also fantastic for us. 
Awesome. And so we want to know a bit about the Harris household growing up. What were you guys like as kids? Well, the best, obviously. <laughs> obviously. The middle no. You've got an older sibling and a younger sibling. I think it's safe to say these days Grace is the favourite. Uh, I held that mantle for a long time. <laughs> Not in grandpa's was. No. Um, Still we probably, Dave was the being the only boy, so the three of us um, older ones shared a room together for a lot of years. Nice. Three girls in um, one room? Yeah, yeah. and Dave... Lucky little devil got the room on his own, being the boy. <laughs> the most spoiled, the youngest. Um, but it was, yeah, I. it was organised chaos, I dare say. I Absolutely, it was the best time going. It's made me always want four kids, but also I can't imagine um, <laughs> mum and dad over the years. I can see why they are why they are. <laughs> but, no, Gracie and I, we did share room for a lot of um, like teenage years even and have had quite some experiences over the times. So what about when you were moving through school? Was it were like, were you particularly studious? Were you always in your best behaviour at school, doing your homework at night or a bit, a bit more rogue? Um, no, mum and dad were pretty strict with the old homework scenario. I think um, I dare say Grace and I, again, were probably the two better behaved wow. um, out of the four of us. I well, know it's a surprise for her. We just kind of <laughs> go with, I think, middle uh, children. We kind of went with the flow. There was enough chaos yeah. created by the eldest one and the youngest one. <laughs> so I feel like we, Peacemakers. Were, two, we were the yeah. two girls that just kind of like went, nah, well, that's enough. Like <laughs> We basically got our well, if they weren't filled with sport, We'd be homework and then out in the yard until the street lights come on, oh, playing nice. some sort of silly game. Yeah, pretty so much. We used to get footy boots on and have team photos. Laris <laughs> <and then laughs> learned how to slide tackle in soccer on me, and uh, boy, did my shins love it. <laughs> <laughs> Got karate kicked that many times, and I thought, well, one day she'll get it right. She'll be totally <laughs> okay. <laughs> but for now. Uh, I'm saving her from red cards out in the middle, I guess. But um, <laughs> and we played a lot of different sports growing up. So, And then mum and dad, they were quite strict on 7.30 bedtime. Just yeah. watch Home and Away and at the end of Home and Away, <laughs> dad, go to bed. That's what I remember. That's so up. good. But, um, but it, it, we might have went, we might have went to bed, but we didn't always go to sleep straight away. And with bunk beds, yeah. Yeah. the activities you can get up to <laughs> on bunk beds as children. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> and who was more helpful around the house? Laris. Me. Although <laughs> some of the help may not have actually gone down very well. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> Mum polished her wooden, like we have an old Queenslander house. Yeah. Mum got paid to have the whole floors polished. They were looking schmick. I've always liked to smell of bleach. I'll just put that in. Laura, <laughs> being a nurse, comes home and goes, no, detergent doesn't clean. It's not clean, cleanly enough. She bleached brand new polished wooden floors. Mum came home. Mum was like, ah! <laughs> No. I might have taken just the top coat of sheen off the polish. Were they fine? Well, these were, they're now dull. Oh. No longer polished. Oh. No longer polished. But the house smelt beautiful. Oh, I'm like sure. And so when you were both sort of moving through the Queensland cricket pathways and, you know, playing all, all your different sports, who was sort of more focused on on their cricket or whatever sport it was and sort of more dedicated to becoming a professional? 
Um, definitely, Grace. I actually, well, I didn't really go through that many cricket pathways. I really just come back for a good time in me, after uni finished and then um, sort of was it. I Actually, cricket was the least favourite sport that I played growing up compared to anything else. Yeah. I played soccer forever. Grace was always, like, she went through the whole system um, and was always, like, still I call her the cricketer in the family. Um, you know, I'm just here well, for a good time. <laughs> when I first played club cricket, obviously my club captain was Jody Fields and um, Mel, <laughs> Mel Bulo opened the batting. And then we also had Joanne Verall, who was a pace bowler back in those days. But we basically, Wes was very strong. Like Kirby Short was there, everybody, right? Dan Hollis. Um, so I often ran fine leg to fine leg because we played two-day club cricket. So I just I just set up a little esky at one fine leg and then every second over I had drinks and a snack and I thought I was really winning at life. And um and then Jacko might get might have given me maybe two overs in the middle and then you'd just sit on the sidelines for the next Sunday while Jacko and Mel absolutely ripped the opposition to shreds out in the middle. So I started that way and then um kind of just I became very good friends with Melissa Bulo. She's a great um, personality. And I just kind of always stayed interested in cricket. And, the, and at the time that we played, it wasn't really professional. So everybody yeah. that we played with loved, just loved the game and loved talking about it. Um, people like Jude Coleman, Kirby, Mel, Kirsten Pike, like um, all the older girls that when I first made the state team, they just loved cricket. They just liked playing the game. There was no um, incentive or money yeah. kind of pushing anything, um, or like an alter, uh, or like an altered kind of you know motive. So they, I just loved it. Loved the group then, and I loved how competitive they were, and then I loved how much fun they had off the field. So it was great. I just stayed at it from there. <laughs> Love it. I'm also. trying to bring that to this current squad, the <laughs> off-the-field fun. <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. So, Laura, you mentioned you played soccer as well, and I think you were playing soccer before you came back to cricket in WBBL01. Can you tell us how you got your way back into the into the Heat squad back then and, and back into cricket? Um, yeah, so I um, it was actually one of the girls um, who was playing soccer at the time, who I'm still really good mates with today, um, had said that she was playing for uni um, and uh, somewhere along the line had heard, she bailed me up one day at training and went, I heard you used to play cricket. Um, how do you feel about coming back? And at the time I saw, like, I was just like, yeah, I'll come back. But it was, um, you know, like we have a drink after the game on a Sunday. Like it's just a bit of a hit and giggle and have a good time. Um, so started that and then um, ended up scoring a few runs um, that season and the next one. And then Richo, the Queensland coach at the time, had just rung me and said, why don't you come and you know, have a train with the girls and see what it's like. Um, and I was, I went down there and I sort of haven't looked back since. Was worth it full time and then. Well, you um, trained with us only, didn't you? Much, yeah, I trained no two contracts. years. Yeah. 
and then um, just in the group just because I love like I just had a good time with it um, and the group was it was a bit of fun on the outside um, it was a nice getaway just from full-time nursing as well that um, and now here we are love it and so you mentioned that cricket was at the bottom of the list with your least favorite sport has it come up a few levels now is it at the top yet or is soccer yeah. still there <laughs> Look, it's an ongoing battle, that one. It's a love-hate relationship some days. That's fair enough. No, it's a, I do, I love the game and I love, like, I can absolutely appreciate everything um, that it has given myself and even watching Grace um, thrive in the setup and that over the years. Um, that it's, yeah, it's definitely something that I would, Ne- never have a regret about doing it and, and am enjoying every minute of. And so you're playing together in the Brisbane Heat for a few years now, but I know you play against each other in Premier Cricket, obviously. Do you prefer being on the same team or playing against each other? Uh, there's pros and cons to both. <laughs> We're not. It's just grandpa that doesn't know who to go for yeah. it. Probably. I think it makes it much easier when we're playing together. I did. That can... was, it was a key reason in me coming back <laughs> to play for uni because I was grandpa's favourite at the time, but Grace was the cricketer. So it was really torn between him going for me, who was just there for giggles, <laughs> and Grace, who was actually trying to do something with a loss. <laughs> but it was, but I say, I say all the time, like, and I was lucky enough in our last club game to score a few runs, but usually Grace gets me out, but I get her away for one or two at the same time. So I'm happy to be even it out. Yeah. <laughs> I was staying at Holly Fairling the other week and she was saying she just loves watching you two play against each other because one of you will hit the other one over the ropes. It's all a giggle. And <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Oh, it's not all well, a giggle. No. I'll tell you that. It's not all a giggle. When I'm standing there, I'm like, please just catch it. And then drop like from Sita, another club cricketer, or drop like someone at like Laris will sky one to point and you're like, come on, mate. Just He's holding on now. Just have to catch it. <laughs> oh, mate, makes like 100 the next game. You're like, fine. Yeah. No swearing. <laughs> fine. <laughs> nah, it's good fun. And would you say you guys have similar personalities and do you spend a lot of, like outside of cricket, do you spend a lot of time together hanging out? We do um, usually. I'd say we're we're not we're similar in some ways, but also very different. Um, probably in a lot of just key areas of dealing with life. Yeah. Um, but usually, pre the COVID side of things, um, we sort of always we're like we always obviously have been close. But being away, we're both um, like activity people, so we tend to like we've done. A lot of aquarium trips over the years. <laughs> well, it's uh, mainly it's, uh, like, yeah, like having fun yeah. out, like just to get away from everything being cricket all the yeah, time. Yeah. Obviously with the restrictions, um, it makes it a little bit harder sometimes to get out and about. Are you still working as a nurse as well as playing cricket? Yeah, occasionally. Um, I do. I dropped hours this last year, um, so I'm on like long service leave at the minute, um, which their work has been great with it. Um, it. Since I have moved to Logan, they've been completely accommodating with all the cricket side of things. 
Um, but, but yeah, basically, um, like I do anywhere from four to six shifts a fortnight now. So when I am in town, obviously, um, which is nice. It's nearly the switch off from cricket. What started as cricket being the switch off from nursing now is um, bit role reversal while cricket's so full on these days. And Grace, you're doing something with veterinary nursing, is that right? Yeah, I started a Cert 3 in veterinary nursing. So at the moment it's um, Cert 3 in animal studies. So uh, I've done, I only started last year just before the hub kicked off because I wanted something to do while I was in the hub and I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll study or something. And uh, it turns out I smashed the study. So <laughs> <laughs> that was, I've already finished you the study. Smashing the work as well. <laughs> Not really. I'm hoping that I get a, another little job out of it. That'd be fantastic. But um, some of the I've stories started, are ridiculous. Started placement at a vet hospital at um, Springfield and Augustine Heights, and um, I'm really like I, I love the crew. They're really good people, and um, they're pretty passionate about animals. And I've always loved animals um, far more than I love human beings. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's quite good and there's some interesting stuff that happens because we've got an ortho surgeon and then just the general emergencies. Wow. But lately it's been bush tick and snake season, so there's been a lot of of dogs bitten and everything. So, you know, I'm keeping up on the social media page of the um, vets. Oh, nice. We'll have to take a look. Well, it's you guys, it's like you've kind of nailed the balance. You've got this cricket and then <laughs> something that's so far removed from cricket. So it's like just two extremes. Yeah, I do. look, I, I'm i not a huge fan of using that word balance because I think it doesn't exist, that <laughs> <Yeah>. word. <laughs> you do something until you burn out and then you just have a holiday and then you do something again until you burn out and then you have a holiday. Uh, I always have a holiday. Like, yeah. It's just an eye. Like I think everybody... Um, like I, I know in our group, I strongly encourage everyone, um, whether they're Aussie team or not, to have something in their life outside of, of cricket because it, like at the end of the day, it's like any other job in a sense that you, like it's not your whole life. It's, it should be something that you enjoy and love doing, but there's got to be some sort of downtime. Um, otherwise, you know, you do do your own head in. Well, yeah, anything outside that you love what you're doing, um, and well, you only that little bit of you're only in cricket for like 20 years if you're lucky, but 20 years, 20 career, stretch. No, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I think Alex Blackwell's what 19 years career or something. Like, that's she'd be that's in the if minority, that's surely. if you're lucky, yeah. But that's <laughs> if you're really, really good at you yeah. at the game or whatever. So, I look and I go, like, well, if it's the only happy place that you have is just cricket, then you're going to struggle. Post cricket, yeah, it's a fair call. But um, <laughs> yeah, the vets—they actually—they just keep going. Like Grace, what position do you play? And I was like, oh, it's a little bit not really like that kind of game. Like <laughs> it's a bit more than that. So- yeah, someone play soccer, and I go, do you see that field? I could play every position there except for that wherever one. they feel like putting me. Yeah. yeah, so I like just the the general chat around it. Sometimes is funny, but. People that they or they just go, oh, cricket, that's boring. How do you play cricket? And I was like, well, <laughs> oh, that's not boring to me. <laughs> Might be boring to watch, but 
Yeah, fun. It's good fun. But um, some of the girls Googled me and then they paid me out all shift because apparently <laughs> I came on Google. And so uh, that's one thing that I, that's I was so like, good. please don't do that again. Yeah. Well, wait till, wait till they tune into the Channel 7 commentary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have yet to find out about that, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> They'll get there. Oh, we're just going to jump in, ladies, with our uh, segment presented by Weber Barbecues, which is obviously the new naming rights sponsor of the WBBL. So we're going to ask each of you separately. Maybe you can go first, Laura. We're going to, going to get you to name your three dream barbecue guests. Anyone. Oh, on the spot. Yeah, on the um, spot. Anyone. Probably um, Barack Obama, number one. Nice. Someone uh, else said that. Sophie Devine said that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he just blends in like a cool guy. He'd be um, changing the world. Um, I think, or oh, number two, um, Ryan Reynolds. I think he's absolutely hilarious and he just roasts Blake Lively on the daily. Makes me yeah. laugh. Yeah, nice. Um, and, oh, number three, I don't know. Number three, probably, I'd probably have to go close to home and go, um, uh, our pop because we he died two years before I was born and um, from what I heard he just was he one of the man. great. That's nice. And Gracie? Mine would be, well, you know, if I'm having barbecue with Laris, then I'm obviously inviting Michelle Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Get them both along. <laughs> she'd, she'd be she'd be good, great too, I reckon. She'd be yeah, good she fun would. and, you know, yeah. know how to have a good time. The other one would be Melissa McCarthy. 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 That doesn't surprise me you saying that. Yeah, but I reckon she'd be hilarious. And Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. nice. Nice. So I'd, I'd enjoy we're that. Yeah, we're trying to get on to Weber to get us a little barbecue while we're here in Lonnie. What do you reckon? I've got a patio. Right, well, yeah, here's, here's the place yeah, to ask. Come on, Weber. <laughs> come on, Weber. <laughs> what do we have to do? Get, get a player of the match or something? Get a little <laughs> Weber barbecue? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe it should be. Player of the match, Weber player of the match, yeah. get a barbecue. Wouldn't That's, be sad about it. Nah. Laura, as you mentioned, you kind of almost accidentally got back into cricket, um, but your game has just gone to a whole other level the past couple of years. Is there a secret behind that or, or something that's shifted? Um, probably um, just I want to say working really hard. <laughs> just train and train yeah. and train. Um, <laughs> and probably different mindset um, coaching also, I would say, like, I know taking nothing away from what Richo and Giffo did for um, the game and for myself in Queensland, but um, I think since Noffers has come on board, I just have really clicked and agree with um, the way he goes about playing the game. Um, and uh, I guess just there's different ways, um, like, you know, people learn how to talk to or you just get on with individuals Um and probably know like when they're struggling or what they need to be working on and whatnot. That he doesn't um, give conflicting advice. I just have, yeah, have found but, it um, probably the easiest um, coaching, I guess. I would say for myself personally, um, in terms of how to get myself better um, and what I need to try and perform at that that level. And how was the experience over in the UK playing in the hundred? Oh, it was the best time I had. It was everything about it was so good. Um, I said I would go back in a heartbeat. Um, I think lot take grace yeah, with you. Yeah, I tried. I tried my arm. Oh. I got offers, but I didn't. I didn't want to too go. Too much just, family time. She needed a break the, from me. 
mm. at the wrong <laughs> wrong timing. I was I was already studying and I just couldn't put it on hold and but come back. Fair enough. So. I think a lot of um, like with the media they do there and the way they. Um, and like obviously it's a bit easier because they sort of don't really watch any other sport. It's just football and cricket. Um, but the way they went about setting up the whole games and everything was just so, such good entertainment value. Promoting it. Um, and like promotion, yeah. That, but then on the flip side, the professionalism side of it there, um, like here obviously is we're, you know, six more years in. So we've got... Um, that side sort of down pat that I think there's learnings from both um, that can be, you know, brought back here and just keep growing the game. And I know um, a lot of our listeners and, and we are both missing DK in the tier, in the teal this year. Is she uh, watching from afar and, and cheering you guys on? Yeah, of course. She loves it. Um, she is has been messaging around games and, um, you know, she, well, she loves all sport on telly. Yeah. She'd watch it all day, every day if she could, <laughs> um, whether it's cricket or not. But she says she hates the game some days, but you still can't catch her watching it. But, no, yeah, she um, definitely is cheering from afar. And, Grace, we've got to, we've got to ask this. Mm-hmm. You, we, love your, we love your work on the Channel 7 microphone, as, as do all the fans. So can you tell us, honestly, do you talk to yourself like that? And, Laura, you might be able to tell us here as well. Do you talk to yourself like that on the cricket field, even when you're not on the mic? Like, yes. does anything really change in the way you go about <laughs> things? No, that's pretty much me. I, I, I talk the exact same way. I even do it in the nets. I'll be yelling at my midwicket yeah. to take the catch and it's the ball yeah. hit straight into the net. So I don't know. Or I'm just singing. It's, it's usually singing. If and it's dancing. Not talking. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just it's that just is, good yeah. fun. I don't know. Um, I think if we played cricket in silence, it would be a little bit boring some days. And um, I guess it. I try and, I try not to bring a lot of negative energy where possible. Because it can just... I'd say that you don't, there's no negative vibes. <laughs> no, no, no. I think someone who plays, a, like Grace is someone I think who plays her best cricket when you know she's like that. Um, and yeah. sometimes probably goes a little bit far on the mic. Like I know we've been in games where Jono's trying to get up to get in a fielding position and you can see her mouth just going and going, <laughs> like, you know. It's a bit distracted every now and then, but I think at the same time, and like I know she's probably would have liked more runs on the board, but the way she started the year um, yeah. so far, if that's what, you know, when she's talking or singing mad like that, that's you're on a good time. Yeah, ready to go. 100%. Everyone else can jump on board or jump off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we absolutely love it. We love listening to it. It adds so much fun to the game. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today on the Scoop Podcast. It was so much fun to chat and good luck to the Heat for the rest of the season. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thanks for having us. Away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 